0: Worship in the World, a screen-free worship experience is brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us virtually today.
1: To a bitter scene The whole world was crumbling I cried to the guileless moon To the light
2: And now for Holy Interruption. Hey, downtowners.
3: This is Lindsay Joyner. Fun fact. I remember when the Holy Interruption was just an idea on paper sort of being bounced around. And my reaction was like, eh, I don't know. But I'm so glad I didn't push back too hard on it at the time because now it's one of my favorite parts of Sunday mornings. And the loss I've felt with his absence has definitely confirmed my extroverted personality. I don't know about y'all, but I am not teamwork from home. I certainly understand its purpose, but it's just not for me. I would say the other hard thing during this time has been the amount of having to learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable whether it's virtual hearings or depositions or waiting to hear from our presbytery about Lucas and waiting to hear from Lucas's presbytery about Lucas and whether they could do things virtually or even just wearing a mask and trying to be animated. It's just not comfortable. And unfortunately, it's prevented me from being able to be there for friends who've lost loved ones during this time, both from COVID and not from COVID. And that's been uncomfortable. But I can't forget about the bright spots, like getting to know someone in a new way or enjoying the outdoors when I'd usually be in the AC. Those things I'm so thankful for. And I hope that each of you is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, and know that I'm hoping and praying that you are and would always love to hear from you. I hope you have a great Sunday.
2: Scripture today comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Then, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is The Cross of For a bake shop. Who is the devil? We've got to address that question. The devil goes by many names, Satan, the tempter. And scripture defines the devil with male pronouns, but I think it's fair to say that the devil shows up in many different forms. The devil is part of creation, has significant knowledge of who we are and what we want. And though the devil has that significant knowledge and power, let's just go ahead and name right from the jump that the devil is ultimately under God's control and sovereignty. There's no doubt in my mind who wins the cosmic battle between evil and good. God wins every time. Still we we recognize that the battle shows up all over the place in the world in our relationships and what we consume in our very minds and hearts. We can see how that battle plays out with Jesus. Jesus he's just been baptized by John the Baptist and You might remember the Holy Spirit descends like a dove on him and the voice of God confirms Jesus' identity as the Son of God, the one with whom God is well-pleased. And immediately from there, immediately the Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness and Jesus is by himself. The Spirit gives Jesus this time period to settle into his identity to clarify his vision to think about how he's going to live into his calling and it's in this space when he's planning and preparing himself that the devil comes we're going to take each one of the three temptations that the devil presents to Jesus over the next few weeks today we focus on the first when the devil says to Jesus if If you are the Son of God, command stones to become bread. Now, this temptation is layered with subtle temptations. Let's start with the obvious. Jesus is starving, 40 days without food. So turning stones into bread, it would be useful to meet his human need for nourishment. And then, then there's this temptation to feed others. Sure, Jesus is alone in the wilderness, but this act, this miracle, it would serve him in his future ministry. Can you imagine the, the stories that would have been recorded in the Gospels of him turning bread, stones into bread? Like you can imagine how maybe there would be a story about the disciples out walking and they get hungry, you know, and Jesus just turns the pebbles under their feet into a snack. It becomes a magic trick. Like money growing on trees, it takes away any need for accountability or stewardship of resources. Why address poverty if Jesus can just make more bread out of stones? And Jesus, he's able to see what the devil is up to. The devil is fishing for Jesus to sacrifice the cross for a bake shop. The cross for a bake shop. I'm borrowing that that phrase from the the authors of the Interpreter's Bible, they put it well. The cross for a bake shop. Jesus knew, he knew that instantly satisfying his hunger or this immediate need or doing the same for anyone else who is hungry, it would take away the responsibility, the consideration we all need to have for how bread is made and who it feeds. And then Jesus quotes scripture, drawing from it as the strength to say one does not live by bread alone. Yes, bread is necessary for our health, for the body to continue to function, but it does not account for a full life. We need both bread and the word of God. And Jesus, he flips the entire temptation on its head by living only by the word of God in the face of this temptation, which is what makes him God and us not, right? We can't live without bread, nor can we live fully without Christ, the word of God. As we wade into these temptations, the three temptations over the next few weeks, we we must be acutely aware of how well. The devil knows us. The devil knew that Jesus was going to have to reconcile his identity as the son of God with his identity as the teacher who has compassion for the hungry. And though he lives in both of these identities, when push comes to shove, he's going to choose the cross, the identity of Savior for all creation Because he doesn't just live for the humans living in the same era as him, but for all of us, for every generation that is to come. I guarantee that this temptation was not easy for Jesus. Jesus cares about all humans, especially those suffering with basic human needs unmet. I I think he was probably tempted on the cross to turn some stones into bread for survival, and yet he chooses not to. He chooses to stay focused on his identity as our Savior. He chooses the cross. The temptation at the start of his ministry was this opportunity for him to rise against or fall prey to the rhetoric of the devil in the face of the temptation, Jesus rises, grounded in the Old Testament scriptures, grounded in his faith and connection to God, the creator. Jesus doesn't fall. Temptation is lonely. It's often hard to share when we're tempted with others because we fear that no one will understand. Or we're ashamed to admit that we struggle Knowing how our identity needs to play out to remain true to who we are. Or perhaps we're ashamed. Despite our earlier notions that we wouldn't, we sold out in the face of temptation. Temptation is lonely. It was for Jesus, and yet, even in his isolation, even in the wilderness, faced with the devil. This story doesn't mock our struggle with temptation. The story serves as a source for our strength. Jesus rose above this temptation to be relevant, to fix a need. Jesus rose above the trap of thinking we know all the answers or can provide what is needed to make everything better. And instead of falling into that trap, Jesus draws on scripture. He says, I don't have to live by bread alone. I live By the word of God, he's reminding himself, he's telling the devil and telling us that his identity is bigger than his human needs. His worth is based on what is beyond bread. We can gain some grounding beneath our feet from this story when we let go of our own need to be relevant, to be perfect right now. The word tells us that we don't have to have all the answers or use every tool in our toolbox. The word tells us that even when we fall, Jesus will rise. Jesus knows who his audience is too. He doesn't turn stones into bread for the devil, nor does he do it for himself. He stays true to his compassion for us. When he sees the 5,000 hungry, he feeds them. And he when he encounters someone who is sick, he heals them. He cares about our human needs, but he is aware of who is asking. And he doesn't bend for anyone else's agenda, especially the devil. Jesus is the leader I want to follow. His wisdom to see through the devil's temptation is something I pray for with all of my being And yet I know, I know that I, like you, I'm human. And that the devil is smart and uses our personal wants and needs against us. With Jesus as our model, though, accessible through prayer and scripture to us, there is hope for us. Abundant hope. Scripture will be our strength as it was for Jesus. We are in the wilderness now. Our very terrain, the systems and structures that have served us in the past don't serve us the same way now. And with each metaphorical step we take deeper into the wilderness, the trees, they begin to look like each other. And it becomes less and less clear which path we are to take. And as our human needs aren't met in the same way, we can be tempted to create our way out. To prove that we are resilient and self-sufficient, we are tempted to be our own savior or somebody else's. We have a savior. And though we walk through the wilderness, though the devil comes at us strong and will come at us with temptations that are personal to us temptations that trick us into believing what we need we aren't alone Jesus is with us a prayer way facing temptation is a chance for us to rise or fall we don't have to fall Amen.
4: In the morning by the sea Through the night.
0: What's up, Don?
2: Hey, Lucas. How are you doing? I am good today.
0: That's good. Good to hear. Um, so last week you talked about demons. Yes. Demons inside of us, demons um, that we are greater than, that Jesus wants um, to remove so he can be with us. And this week you talked about a more specific um, unclean spirit that takes hold of us, which is uh, the temptation to be relevant. Mm. How do you feel about that this week?
2: it hit close to home. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Uh, It's hard when uh, I feel like I'm preaching to myself. It's good though. I need it.
0: Yeah, I once heard that we preach um, sermons that we need to hear. And although I didn't preach this week, I needed to hear that sermon. Mm -hmm. I think as a new pastor at a new church, a new amazing community, I've got that temptation to be relevant for everybody um, just inside of me. But what you say is that Jesus calls us that we are more than the bread that we produce. Mm-hmm. We are so much more. Um, so yeah, thanks for that word. It was it hit hard, and it hit in a good way, and I hope it did the same for everyone out there listening.
2: Well, and it's tricky, too. I didn't even touch on this, but think about like the church as a living organism, you know, and there's this um, temptation, too, for us to be relevant or to meet every need or to know you know, what we're going to become tomorrow, today, and um, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've let that go yet. I think that's probably another sermon (laughs) for a different day, but uh, it's real. That's true.
0: Well, we got plenty of sermons to preach (laughs) as long as people keep showing up, but anything you're praying for specifically today?
2: see i'm giving i'm giving a lot of thanks to god for um our team our creative team and their patience and um adaptability and uh praying for health um yeah and i'm sending up some prayers of gratitude for good news um for some of the people in our congregation that we're waiting on some news i'm grateful for that how about you
0: i think a lot um it just in my head has been for teachers and students right now and parents and there's no easy decisions being made um, and those who are having to make those decisions. My, both my mom and my sister are teachers um, and I'm just surrounded by people who have kids and um, it's a tough time and for safety uh, and for just um, just to feel the comfort of God and feel that their anxiety is real and that we value that and we um, we want to comfort people, and we want to support them in what's going on. So it'll all work out, but right now I know it's really scary for a lot of people. Um, and so praying for that, praying for the world, and figuring out how we can provide comfort during this hard time. So knowing that, let's go to God in prayer. God, sometimes our demons, our feelings, our unclean spirits take hold of us. The pressure is to be relevant, to do something spectacular, and to seize power or take priority. We forget that our value does not lie within our production, but within our creation in your image. Forgive us, God, for the ways we trample on each other, on loved ones, and on this beloved earth as we seek false glory. And now we're going to take a few moments of silence, uh, giving us a chance to offer our own confessions and our own prayers up to God.
1: glory be to the father glory be to the Son, glory be to the spirit three in one and as it was in the beginning and will be forever Oh man, oh man.
0: Scripture says, For I have been persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. These words from Paul are good news. In the name of the risen Jesus, we are forgiven. We are shown grace. We are loved. Let us go and do likewise. Amen. Amen.
1: Cling to your hand, so please understand that
2: And now for the benediction, God's got us and God's got you. So as you go, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace.
0: Special thanks to our technical team and artists of all forms. Musical composition brought to you by Sean Thompson and Jackson Haynes. Audio mastery by Drew Parker. Leaning on you by Cindy Morgan. The Wolves and the Ravens by Rogue Valley. Gloria Patry by City Hymns and Love Anyway by Keena Granis. Vocals by Lindsey Blair Simmons and Mario McLean. Scripture quoted by the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible and theological musings and prayer brought to you by Lucas Jones and
1: Don Hyde.